to On The Hour podcast. My name is AJ Kelly. I'm Ann Devon. And I'm Claire Anne. All right. I'm so excited today, y'all. I just, I want to get back to the story so bad because, um, man, it, it's so interesting. Um, I just want to get back into it and, and, and kind of like pick up where we left off. But tell us what you brought for us today. Okay, so... I started creating like maybe last week um, just a shooter line. I've been creating like these last couple of weeks I've been creating just different type of drinks and I'm so confident in what I can bring as far as my drinks and stuff like that. I said, you know what? I'm just going to have straight shooters, 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 shooters. Like this is one of my shooters right here. This is apple pie on the rocks. So I'm going to mm. do like party packages, party bags and stuff like that. If you say, hey, Claire, what do you, you know, how do I know if I can do like I want to do tasting parties? How do I know if I would like this? Well, you can get a sample pack of the, my variety favorite flavors of everything that's on my menu and you can put it over ice. You can just take a shot straight shooter. Mm. So with this one right here, this is what I call the Ane Devon because it's a mixture of her wine that she talked about last week and a mixture of my jiggle juice. And Devon, so, right? Yes. So I wanted right. to make sure that I wanted to infuse it together to see because hers is like, I think you gave me peach kiwi or is it peach kiwi watermelon? Ki kiwi watermelon. Mm -hmm. So this is kiwi watermelon with some of my peach jiggle juice. Mm -hmm. And after you take the shot, you eat the gummy bear at the bottom because, well, the sour patch at the bottom, it gives it a little extra pop, a little extra flavor. So I think with a mixture of me and a mixture of you, I think it's just going to be something that's just bomb. Mm -hmm. So All right. jiggle let's juice. All right, let's All right. toast. All right, let's toast. All right. On the hour. I wish On we had that Josetta hour. toast. But. <laughs> to the front, <laughs> to you the back, to the side. I just warn you, you don't have to now take drink. the whole shot. <laughs> okay, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like my life. It's early. <laughs> right. All right, let's go. Mm. That's oh good. Oh, That's baby. really good. Oh, my gosh. That I said they're going to like that. So I'm going to bring them some samples oh so you guys could taste yeah. it. So I think, like, you know, uh, once we, like, you know, in the future start getting advanced planning and stuff like that, I just think that would just be good for a tasting party. So I said that I'm going really to start. Was, I'm going to finish <laughs> it. Look, we went at the same time. I'm going to finish this. Yeah, I don't care what time it is. It's five somewhere. Mm. It could be Ane Devon Mimosa. It could be all type of stuff, you know. Oh, my God. So I'm just going to continue to play with it. Creative. I can't eat the candy, but. I mean, is he got liquor in the candy? That that don't work like that, right? It do work yeah, it like that. Like I'm old school, you know. It, it do work like that, but I didn't do it like fruit, that. But, but candy? Next, but I do have stuff that's already soaked, pre-soaked now. Okay. Yeah. All right, this is delicious, honey. Thank you. <laughs> I ate one. Oh, she ate one. <laughs> but I see why you want to eat candy afterwards. That's a you sin. You have to eat the candy afterwards. I see why. You do? Extra pop. Extra flavor. It does something to it. All right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can I have my high five? Yes. Yes, honey. Good. We Good. Did that. Awesome. You did that. All right. Mm -hmm. So, man, good segue into what we got going on today, right? Yes. So, what we left off uh, last week on your story was 
with, um, okay, first of all, let me just say, we're dealing with three generations of foster care, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You are third generation, mm -hmm. grandmother, mm -hmm. mother, you, mm -hmm. right? And we stop, it's, it stops right here, you said, right? All right. All right, so the most interesting part, I listened to this story literally like five times. Like, I have listened to this five mm -hmm. times. I'm not playing with you. And I was like, damn, you know, when you said you got arrested, I need, we got to pick up from right there because you basically described a nervous breakdown to us, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to know what that looks like. I've never had one. I think I may have seen one, but I'm not sure because this person was not hospitalized. And I think it's it's way more serious, you know, when hospitalization is involved. And so I, I'm not even sure if I witnessed what I, what I think I did, but I, I would just want everybody to know, like, what was your last 24 hours leading up to that arrest? Can can we get right right to that? Because mm -hmm. that was some climatic type of drama right there. I need to hear the rest. Yeah, the last 24 <laughs> hours prior to me getting arrested, I used to live on High Street. So um, I was already knew something was wrong. Um, a couple of my friends did too. Um, the guy I was talking to knew something was wrong. I just didn't know something was wrong because I kept losing stuff. You know, I was in a situation I was really manic. And I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for about two or three months. And my mind just kept racing. I just kept racing. And I was Is that like, manic right there when you're racing? When your mind, you can't, you can't single out one thought. Yes. You're just going. Okay. A million conversations at once. Mm -hmm. And, I, okay. you know, I talk fast. You know, I think that comes just from everything I've been through. And I think because I just have so much to get out, so much to say. But when I got arrested, um, I wasn't feeling well. I kept taking, like, Tylenol PMs and stuff like that. And I just remember just like tossing and turning and just getting out of my bed at like two in the morning, walking up and down High Street. And for some reason, I got arrested. And when I got arrested, I found out I got a warrant for my arrest. And I don't remember what my warrant was for, but I got arrested and then they took me to Jackson Pike. And me, that was the first time I ever been to jail. Like I knew it wasn't for me because I'd never been back to jail. But that was the first time I was in jail. And I was in jail for about... Maybe two months, but my mom, she's very active. She's always been active in my life. But she that's was, a long time. That's a long time. And my mom thought something happened to me because she was looking for me. She's like, for some reason, Claire hasn't came by. She normally come by. She normally comes by, but she hasn't been by. So I'm going to go to her house, and I'm going to go. She knows some of my friends. I'm going to, you know, some of her friends. And this is times I used to just, I didn't work. You know what I mean? I was depressed. You know what I mean? I was on all them type of different medicines, but I had stopped taking the medicine, just stopped on my own. Because, you know, my family was like, you know, you can get through anything. It's okay. And that's something you have to remember when you tell your kids. Like, mm -hmm. they don't need to take their medicine. We black. We got this. We strong. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be careful because you have to really have a doctor. Depending on the medicine it is, yeah. you could get into a whole manic episode if you're not taking it properly or correctly. So Absolutely. I just listening to whatever. I was losing weight fast. I felt like I was fine. There's no problem. I'm cool. But... You know, once I got arrested and my mom looked for me, my mom looked for me real deep. Like, you can't, my, I'm not, I'm not going to come up missing. My mom not going to look for me. Right. She going to look, she would tear this city up. Yeah. She had put an oh, Amber right. Alert on me. Come to find out, she found out I was in jail. Mm -hmm. And I knew, like, I had, like, I just knew that whatever happened, I said, I knew I would call my mom. She going to come. Mm -hmm. She going to look for me. But in the midst of me being in jail, I had to wind up meeting something. The reason why I got help and I had to go to net care, somebody who knew me was in jail. Like somebody who knew me back in the day in a group home. And she was like, oh my God, what are, Clarissa Woodard, what are you doing here? We called each other by the last name when we was in juvenile delinquent. So she knew me. I mm -hmm. knew her. So she was like, oh, she's not supposed to be here. She said, I don't know why she's here, but y'all don't know her. She's a good people. You know, 
she knew me because I was um, in Sayota Village when I was 17. I used to be in Sayota Village, but I was also known for poetry because I used to do spoken word and stuff like that. And I was from Cleveland, and, you know, she was from Columbus and Cleveland and stuff like that. Right. So I knew her. So she was telling the guards, hey, y'all need to get her some help. Something's happening because I was, like, out of my mind. I was screaming. I was yelling. I was crying. Um, they even had on paper that I was eating my own poop. That's mm. what they told me. Mm. Um, I had to get What trans- you think? I don't know because I was so manic. Um, and they said she just kept calling on Jesus. She kept calling on Jesus. And that's all I kept Mm -hmm. doing. And I would tell her my mom's number. She would like, you know, try to talk to me through the phone and stuff like that. Cause I wasn't allowed to be out my, like, I guess cell or whatever to use the phone. Cause I was so manic. I was like, kept getting restrained and stuff like that. So eventually Mm -hmm. they was able to sedate me. They sedated me and I've been sedated, um, a lot in my life, in my childhood. That was something that was my go-to. Like, you know what? Just put a shot in my butt. I don't want to deal with it. I want to go to sleep anyway. Is that it was... like it is on television? Yes. Like with the whole jacket and... No, I ain't no like, jacket. No jacket, but no. they hold you down and... They will, yes. They're going to fight with you until they get that needle in. Yes. Wow. Yes. And the straight jacket, I don't even think that's legal anymore, but... Okay. Yeah, so me coming from childhood, I was already used to that type of stuff where if you was competitive or you was uh, a certain way, you will... Re- you know, even now, because I work for this type of stuff now, I have mm-hmm. training on how to restrain people, how to do the... Um, What's it called? The pressure points and stuff like that. It gets really deep into it. It's a lot of aggressive. Oh yeah, it's really aggressive. It's really aggressive. That's why I couldn't work for JDC because they was really ex- aggressive towards like me. The way they do their restraints in JDC, um, it's a lot to go into it's that. George Floydish. It's deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was used to that type of stuff. So once mm-hmm. I went to jail, got to Twin Valley, I wound up going to Twin Valley for about two. Like so, I was basically gone for about six months. So I was in Twin Valley for about three months. My mom came to see me. She came to see me every single day. Everything I needed, she made sure I had everything I need. And okay. once I got out the hospital, I made a conscious decision. I'm not going to let nothing or nobody make me lose my mind. Mm-hmm. And I started really taking my mental health serious. Um, I started going to counseling. I started back on my medicine. And about four or five years ago, they was just like, I'm going to say North Central specifically, was really tired of seeing me. <laughs> I saw, that's how I seen okay. like Because they was just like, you know what? You're very high-functioning. Um, you do like you come to therapy for what? They didn't really even think they needed to give me services. They said I was so high functioning. I they didn't even think I need case management. But that's when you're under control of your doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. When you're on your meds and you're under control. So what was that medicine that, um, that got you under control like that? Was it the lithium? It was you probably the Seroquel because I was on lithium like earlier in my teenage years. So Seroquel was like the last pill that they took me off of. And even got to the point they thought I was so high functioning because they was just like every time we see you, you making moves. Every time we see you, you set a goal and you get to it. They my like my counselor, the whole North Central who know me personally, who worked with me when I first out of age out of foster care at eighteen, mm-hmm. and now they like wow, she had made a whole three sixty turn. Yeah. It's crazy. So they don't even want to offer me any type of like services because they say I'm high functioning. He the th- the account the psychiatrist when I wanted to work start working with at risk youth, I had to get like a um. You know, a recommendation letter. They had no problem working on a recommendation letter. We recommend that she in this field because she has experience. We have seen her grow. She has overcame all of that. And we cleared her off her medicine. She is certified. She is, uh, she is, she's supposed to be right here where she at. That's beautiful. So anytime I need a recommendation letter from anywhere, it doesn't even really matter. Uh, people who work with me personally, they like, no, we, she has made a conscious change. We have seen her over the years just continue to elevate and grow. And that's just good to have to go back to my youth or go back to my early 20s and say, hey, I need you to write a letter. Hey, I need you to say, or I need you to be able to talk about me in a way. To advocate. To for advocate yeah. for me. And yeah. I don't even have to say much. They just write it on paper. And I love that. Yeah. So I have, I, I'm able to go back 
and get letters and stuff from people who know me and watch me grow. So that's I will most... give you a letter, and I don't even know you. <laughs> and I think that's gonna be beautiful. So that's how it started. Okay. With that being said, uh, how Can hard I say is it? Okay. One second. Uh-huh. This drink right here, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling this. I can okay? see it in your face. My wine is already 14 to 18% alcohol. Then you I ain't never felt it. it. I'm just saying. You, you I ain't never felt it. You're not even feeling this drink. <laughs> I want you to try my apple. <laughs> AJ, listen. Nothing yet. Yeah, AJ, know, the jury is out. I, I want you to say this is really Thank delicious. Thank you. This the um cheesecake. Really, really apple pie on the rocks. Apple pie. So I'm not going to just rocks. be doing liquor shot. I'm going to be doing you. immune uh, stuff to boost your immune system. I'm going to do stuff for digestion. Yeah. I'm going to do aloe. If you have a hard time drinking water, Thank you. digesting water, you can go ahead and put it into your water. So I'm going to have stuff, mocktails, healthy stuff. You know what I mean? And just little mini bottles that you can just pour over ice or you can just pour in your hot water and it can make its own tea. I'm loving it. Okay. All right, so back to your story. Saying, okay, with that being said, that you had to get all these recommendations and everybody um, is on your side as far as your sanity, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is going great. How hard is it for somebody in that position if they have to, you know, double back? Yeah, to get back on that stuff, to get back started, if they have already given you a seal of approval as far as being, you know, in sound body and mind. Um, it happens. I think everyone has a day day time in life. We know people grieving, COVID happened. So mm-hmm. you go through a lot of different situations where you might fall back or you might be in a situation. But I told myself, we ain't got time to keep, keep right. going back and forth out the hospital. Right. You're not going to be institutionalized. You're going to break through out of any system, anything that's trying to keep mm. you down or bring you down. You're going to break out of it, break out of it, break out of it. You know so I have mentally told myself, you're not going back mm-hmm. to be where you was at. You're not an animal. You are a human being. You are allowed to be here and you're allowed to be allowed to advocate for other people who's been through what you've been through. So I had a lot of different times in my life where I wanted to just be like, you know what? I don't want to really. And because when you institutionalize for a long time, you don't want to be out here in the world. It's hard to be a functioning adult. It's hard to really, you know, especially when you come from you out of foster care, you have no, you don't have no life skills. You don't have no, you know, I didn't know how to do a lot of stuff, know how to drive a car. I was like, I'm going to be a bus driver for the rest of my life. That really broke me down. Cause I didn't know I would be able to drive. Now I got my license. Now I got a van, and now I'm like right. I'm driving stuff yeah. like that. Independence. stuff like that. So I had to. Really and that'll keep you going to make you want to keep moving to the next step. Yeah. So I had to fight for my sanity. I had to fight for my my self sufficiency, and then I had to I had to prove to myself <laughs> and to other people. Cause like in my family, I was like. You know, they want to say I was crazy, but I was always like, go talk to your counselor. Because I was the one of the people in my family who first got help. When I got molested and got touched, my mom put me in a rape crisis program. She put me in therapy. She put me in counseling. And I continued, I continued counseling my early 20s, my whole childhood. I continued it. And I tell my family about it. They didn't really, you know, was receptive to it. Now, as they, as we older now, they see they got some mental health. They see that it runs in our family. And they see yep. that if you yep. don't have a peace of mind, you don't get a hold of it, it will control you. Your mind is very powerful. So It is. Yeah, it's something in my family for it. You got to well. fight for your sanity. You do. Because yeah. it's going to be some things, some situations in life that's going to break you down. And I had to really be like, okay, I, I have to keep myself out of this. And you got to fight to be an advocate, too, for other people who yeah. don't realize what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you, I may not know, you know, your diagnosis or whatever is going on with you, but I know how you made me feel. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. And I know in your right mind, you wouldn't be telling people the things you're saying. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, people got to fight to be advocates as well because people shut you down. They like, ah, oh, that's, that's cuz, yeah. you know, ain't nothing wrong with her. She, that's who she is. And well, no, she is severely psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and well, how about, you are too. How yeah, about, <laughs> exactly. Well, leadership you know? comes great responsibility. Yes, so yes, yes. yeah, I always got to make sure I'm on my game. Even if I'm not on my game, I know that I have a job to do. I have to show up. And, and get the job done or not even That's get the right. job done. I have to show up because you never know who's watching you. You never know who's inspired by you. There's been a lot of people in my lifetime, young, old, it doesn't matter who has always told me I inspired them. And I, I so I was, it was my duty to make it. I had to make it because I was like, this is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. When it's, when your peace and your sanity is bigger than you, you have to, you know, do it because you, you want to be the first in your family to do something about mental health. Or you're a person who age out of the system and you want to show people, hey, you can get help too, especially urban people. Um, because we go through a lot of stuff mentally, um, whether it's PTSD that's untreated, whether it's uh, uh, any type of trauma. Uh, it's a lot of people who's been molested, who's been touched, who's leaving, living in silence right now, who don't, who cannot advocate because they feel like they're not going to be heard or people are not going to believe them. It's a lot of women who's dealing with postpartum right now who have, who have children and who, who's dealing with stuff mentally. That's a different type of things to advocate for as well. Or it's just yeah. even women who's going through like divorces or grieving or uh, this different type of stuff and we don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? And you know how, yeah. how, how they used to handle these type of issues back in the day. I remember vividly. And I don't know if it's just a black family thing or a black church or a black religious thing. I, I don't know. I can't put my hands on it, but <clears throat> people always used to say, you know what? When somebody had a nervous breakdown, such as yourself, they'll say, she got demons. Yeah. And it was always like spiritually related when they were talking about demons. They're not talking about, oh, you got skeletons in your closet, right? It wasn't like that. It was more like you a demon. Satan is running rampant all through your body. I remember like my grandmother saying stuff like that. You know, the elders in my family. Just, you know, confusing the hell out of me is what I'm getting at. When it came to mental illness, the I never, trauma. but I never knew what the root of it was because everybody was forcing like you got spiritual <laughs> demons down your throat. And that just didn't seem right to me because if we're all imperfect, I feel like then the person telling me I got the demons is the, the demon. Demons. You feel me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so nobody got more demons than the, than the, uh, what, what the, the delivery guy. Yeah. You feel me? So That's I'm like, so that used to confuse me with, with mental health. So how you feel about like, you know, that, that old description of mental health, because I think it put us back 20, 30 years when we was trying to deal with it. Because anytime you're trying to deal with something, somebody telling you, no, nah, no, nah, nah, no medication, baby, we're going to pray this away. And that's fine because you're going to have to do those things as well. Yeah. But demons, come on, man. This person need some chemical balance. Yeah. It ain't about a demon. A and demon didn't, all that medication, you know, though. we're just not perfect. Mm. So we have chemical yeah. imbalances. So it, it caught, it, I think it set us back so much. But what I think, think the medication didn't help either. It's, it's, it's a it mindset. depends on the person. It depends on your chemical it's, imbalance. Yeah. And there you go. All of that. And I, believe, I think it really depends on even if you have, I think it's other ways that you could exercise as far as your mind mentally, as far as keeping your peace, as far as positive coping skills, as far as having a support system, yes. as having people that you can call on mm -hmm. in a time of need. Because a lot of people, they might be going through trauma, but don't have no one to call on, yeah. don't have any resources, don't have no family or anything like that. Um, so I feel like as far as like the medicine is concerned, 
Um, or even like you said, people saying that it's demons. Right, you go to church and then, <laughs> you know, hey, yeah. you got demons. And the like, black get that demon out here. <laughs> in the black community, we want to pray everything away. Like, pray the gay away, pray everything away. Right. Sometimes you That's can't, a demon. Yeah, and, that's what they said. That's, and these are the things that... I came from you then. So, yeah. if I'm, you know, if I got two genitalia, I'm a demon. I came from you. And this is why but people we're don't want to speak out. This is why people don't want to speak out because they're afraid they're going to be judged or things of that nature. So in the black community, it's not always going to pray it away. Sometimes we need to go talk to somebody. Sometimes we're dealing with stuff we can't smoke it away, drink it away, sex it away. It's some voice we can't feel with just God alone. Sometimes you need a support system. You need people to cover you. You need people who are going to, uh, you know, you could be vulnerable with. People that you could say, listen, you gotta I'm You got to trust your feelings with these people. Yes, and you have people to have like to use Whatever you say is a weapon. A lot of times, the, yep. the reason instead why of listening, there are so many people that are like into the gayism <clears throat> and all that stuff is because they've been abused when they was younger. Somebody touched them of the same sex, and that can make you want to be with the same sex. And then the opposite sex of touch, touching you will make you not want to be dealing with them. So you end up being, if you're a woman, you want to be with another woman because that man abused you. So it's like, it's, it's still a mental state of mind, mm -hmm. but it's because it's a spiritual thing as well. But we were and born so, in the sin too. And that's so we what, can never be perfect. And we'll never be perfect. So I can come out with two genitalia right. and I'm perfectly fine yeah. because we're not, Nobody's going to be perfect. But the right. thing is, you can't talk to people about it because people don't understand that you're you, I'm me, but we can work together. You understand? We all have an issue. It's something about each one of us that a standout where we can talk about it and create something where we can get along, we can have a conversation, we can open up, we can have, you know, those moments where we're friendly. It's nothing wrong with being friendly, but when you have a person believing that it's demons, when you have a person believing that it's something wrong with them, you right. just need to go over there, then they're not going to speak out. You, you want to speak them. out to somebody that's always sitting on your face? No, because you can't speak. Your face is covered. You can't breathe. You understand yeah. what I mean? So you're going to find a way out of there. You're going to walk away instead of walking to. And so, yeah, and that's why I tell like people, especially as far as children, there's a lot of things that happen in the black community that we say, you know, uh, we I think we still are children voices yes, uh, early, age. early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather it's I just and I, I always say this too, like it's not just our Kellys out here, it's also our Shelleys out here. Hmm. It's a lot of women who has been molesting men, mm -hmm. young men coming Absolutely. up. I know this for sure, for sure, and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to speak out about it. They're dealing with trauma too. It's a lot of stuff in the black community that we normalize. That's not normalized. That it's is normal. abusive. That is predatory. That that we should not be allowing in the home, but we do it because this is what we always grew up in. Like even something I always thought was kind of weird like when they say well i'd rather them do it in the house than do it on the streets my mama didn't do that with me she didn't smoke with me she didn't drink with me because she felt like if i was smoking and drinking with you that means that you got enough to go pay some rent or something like that it was a certain boundary <laughs> that's a that, black parent for it, you it was certain boundaries. you got money for weed it was pay the rent <laughs> it, it was certain boundaries my mama didn't cross with that she didn't do something like, i didn't start it doing stuff like that around my mom until i got grown but stuff like that was normalized okay she 15 we're gonna let her drink in the house and i thought to myself like why are you exposing your kids like this at an early yeah. They I know somebody do it anyway. like that. They're going to do it behind their back, but you ain't got to expose them to it because you don't know what your kid going to do until you put the liquor in their in face. It's two sides to that coin, though. It is. Yeah, it is. I understand. They, yeah, they just don't want them maybe, to get arrested. Maybe because they my like, mama didn't do it hood, with me. Be a hood in the house and so I'm, you don't get arrested. And I'm glad my mama didn't do it with me because yeah, it, didn't happen it was a me. choice for me. If I wanted yeah. to do something, it was a choice. She didn't put me onto it. It was a choice. So it ain't like she right. didn't teach me right or anything. It was a choice. 
So that's why I said when you expose your kids to different things or different people, the babysitter or stuff like that. Those are the demons that you exposing them to. Yeah, you got to yeah. be careful with if people. If we got them in us, we just, we born this way. Uh, see, my we mama, are not she perfect. coming from foster care, her being molested. My mom, she was the type of mom where every time we left somebody's house, my mom always say, did somebody touch you? My mama traumatized us this like that. This is what I do my mama on a normal no, basis my mama, with my child. My mama yeah, traumatized us to the point she felt but like. But I don't traumatize. Now that, she's, now that I'm old. Older, she felt like she said, I feel like I spoke that into your life because I was before it even happened. I was so she that was her biggest fear somebody touching me and my sister. So she always asks us who touched you, or she will play like little games. Like if I'm asleep, she'll be like this. Oh, that's her insecurity. And then she'll be Playing like, well, tricks why, on her. She'll be like, Why you let somebody touch you and you ain't scream? She'll do stuff like that. And you know she's I mean? the one that just touched you. Yeah, but, but not, no, not touching no, you in a way. No, she was I testing you. She was just me testing in you. a role playing way. Like, right. this is what happens. But so, also get her prepared yeah. for if somebody do touch her. Yeah. And that's familiar help. to you. But but see, that traumatizes a kid if you do that because then you don't want to tell your mama something happened because you don't know what your mama do. My mama's the type of mom, you don't know what she'll do. So if something start happening, somebody touch you, no. You don't want to say it because you don't know if your mama wild out, mess around, go to jail, you ain't going to see her again, stuff like that. So mm. uh, sexual abuse in my family, we are very, uh, you know, even down to our young, our the, the kids that's like, I'm like the old, I'm the grand, oldest grandchild. So either, or anything, like as far as any other kids, we can tell, oh, she's been touched, she's been molested, somebody in the household is doing something they ain't supposed to be doing. You know the behavior. We know the behavior of someone who's been touched, whether it's a, a, a girl, whether it's a boy, I know. When I even like I know I don't have any children, but being around certain people, I could be like something's wrong with her daughter. She's getting molested. Somebody doing something to her. I don't know if she don't see this behavior, but it's a, it's a, it's a serious behavior. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I spotted, why I, I spotted myself. somebody before. I, I pride myself on being a safe adult. If your kids around me, you know she that their kids not gonna get touched. Nothing's gonna happen to them. They're gonna be in a safe environment. I'm not gonna keep secrets with kids. That's not that's not that's me a red either. flag. That's one thing to I me, don't that's play. A red flag. Cause why we got a secrets? Horrible if red I can't flag. say what I you know, and it's some people, kids who like friends of mine, my friends, their daughters, they really love me and respect me. But if something was to happen traumatically, that I feel like we need to talk to your mom together. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk to your mama together. I'm gonna tell your mom together. I'm not gonna keep no secrets or anything like that, or I won't ever put myself in a position like even at the job that I work at, even at the storehouse, you know, we got certain boundaries we gotta keep intact. Mm-hmm. But I want you to know because a lot of kids don't know about safe adults. They always been somebody trying to predatize them, uh, touch them, molest them, put them on to sexualizing something. every so move they make. Sexualize them in every, every type of way. Make. So when it comes to children, it's certain things I don't, I don't particularly like to talk about in front of children. Certain things I really don't like to do. Um, I have a, you know, I'm, I, I'm one of the friends who don't have any children, but still, I still be mindful of right. um, when I come to your home or some of the things we talked about. Or I want to know about your kids. I want to. You don't have to leave your kids at home. Bring your kids, you know, with me. Let's go to the park together. Let's go see what's going on. There's a lot of kids dealing with depression who are suicidal, who's suffering. It really is. It really, really is. And it could be in your household. Yeah. You feel me? Absolutely. So them kids, they be like, oh, they don't really talk. They kind of quiet. I want to know why. The people who yeah. are empaths and stuff, or you know, they have the they, they soak uh, up all the energy in the room, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or even that's the, a lot. Even the teenagers who are sexually like really like you know where I come from, where I work at, and stuff like that. It's a lot of hypersexual teens and stuff like that. And I be having to get their head together. Like I know you're looking for love. I know you want somebody to love you, but it's other ways. You don't have to have nobody on top of you to find somebody to love you. So when you're dealing with, you know, young people who have already been touched and molested and stuff like that, that's all they that's know. That's gotta be hard. That's all they know. And yeah. I understand that, but I'm just like, you don't have to be like that. That's not real love. You know, love is supposed to be safe. You don't have to be naked or 
open up your legs for somebody to really feel you to get inside of your mind and your mental it could be deeper so coming from your background how do you compartmentalize um your emotions when you at work and and you have to deal with your younger selves so to speak because i know sometimes you look at these kids and you like damn that's me i, I just want to punch this kid i love it you know I love like it. how do you compartmentalize those feelings i love it because i know when i was younger and i was in them homes what kind of staff i had in my life who was supposed to speak and liken to me who corrected me and let me know you're not this you're not enabled i don't care what they label you are you will do anything you put your mind to you can do all things through christ who strengthens you so when i talk i make sure i talk with some umph with some conviction that you can do anything you put your mind to because i remember i had somebody plant a seed into me i had somebody tell me that you ain't gonna be what you what they told you you're gonna be you can be better than that i had people who corrected me even if it wasn't in their job description to correct me they were like moms and aunties mothers from another brother who was able to correct me and, and, and to plant seeds into me and that's why i am the woman who i am today that's why i'm the staff member i am today the youth advocate i am today and that's why i am the way i am because i had people pouring into me so when i see young girls um specifically or even people who remind me of my foster brother or just people i used to know it's be like funny because it'd be like dang you know, I'm glad I had somebody really mm-hmm. reach into me and pour into me and love on me um, outside of my family. I'm glad I had that type of support system. So I try to be there for them for uh, uh, as much as I can, but I also don't lie to them. I try to prepare them for the real world. Like, I understand you're going through this, but you got a lot more you're going to have to go through. I understand that, you know, this upsets you or you dealing with this type mm-hmm. of trauma, but if you go to work, you got to check that at the door or you're going to lose your job. You can't pay your bills. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be without. You have to get some things under control because whatever you come from, it can't be something that's going to break you. you. That's why I say it's not what you're going through, it's where you're going to, because Mm -hmm. I want you to understand that, hey, you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances. Don't be a victim, be victorious. Mm -hmm. That's why I try to make sure, no matter what I go through, no matter what I've been through, I overcame it. I stood on it, I overcame it. I just make sure I have a, a long resume of overcoming a lot of stuff, not just to prove a point or anything, but just because I know it's in me to do it. So your mom, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you got a great mom. I do. But it was some substance abuse early on? No, it wasn't substance abuse. Um, oh, my mom, she had a lot of anger issues in her early 20s. So my mom had me when she was about 15 years old. Um, my mom looked From soft, uh, in foster care? Yeah, she in pregnant foster care. In foster in care. Foster care. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Yeah, she had me in foster that's care. That's huge. So that's why she named me Ine, because she was in the system. Ine stands for I-N-A-Y, I'll never abandon you. So that's why, because she never wanted us to go to the system. Um, So my mom had a lot of issues uh, as far as anger, throwing stuff, uh, hitting us, stuff like that. All of it. You know, I would say all of it. So when I wound up getting one to school, I had something on my chest. And you know, they call 696 kids. That's what they do. Wait, what? Like, you know how... You know, they get investigated at a school. Okay. You know what I mean? They see a mark on you or something like okay. that. So that's what happened. I had wound up going, getting put in foster care because of that. Because they kept seeing. Uh, your mom was physically abusing you? Yeah, I don't like to call it. I mean, you could call it abuse. You was getting your ass whooped. Yeah, I was getting my ass whooped. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a lot of cuss. But okay. yeah, I, get my, I was getting my ass whooped. And then even in the black community, sometimes mm. that's toxic. Because sometimes we be beating our kids' ass to the point. Like, I got my I ass put whooped. My I got my ass man. whooped. I got switches. We got belts. Like, the new kids today, they don't have that type of shit. But I'm like, we got our ass whooped. My grandma would have smacked the shit out of me just for the thought alone of challenging or doing anything or stomping my feet or anything like that. So I grew up with, like, them type of parents. But that's sometimes, so sometimes, no, but it, I don't think it's sad. It I, is sad. I'm but glad she whooped my ass. It's good to get the whooping. So what happened? But it's sad that they overtook it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they overreached. Okay and I think sometimes we all do that. I think, I think sometimes as You got to dole out a black eye just to let them know. No, I'm not going to do that. Listen, listen. <laughs> 
That's what we working with, kid. <laughs> and I am not going to take it. Yeah. You feel me? So right. I understand. You know, she was doing the best that she could with the tools that she had. Mm -hmm. She came out of being homeless and in foster care. She didn't have a lot going on. And for a long time, I held resentment towards my mom. But now that I'm older, I appreciate my mom. Because no matter what group home I went in, whatever foster home I went in, I went from Cleveland to Youngstown to Columbus, Ohio. I only got to Columbus, Ohio because my mama was... I was in Cleveland in a group home. My mom was tired of Cleveland, Ohio. She said, I'm going to Columbus, Ohio. I was mad that I, I got, she went to Columbus, Ohio because I had visits every week. It was a lot of people in the system, in the foster home, group home. They didn't have no visits. They didn't have no mom pouring into him like my mom poured into me. My mom would came to every visit. That's so crazy. Everything. She had remorse. She, yeah, my mom. My she mom. didn't want to be in that situation. No. She just couldn't help her chemical imbalance make, making true. her, you know, taking her anger to the next level. But she loved you. I think That's my, good. My mom definitely loves me. I think she had That's a lot good. of anger growing up, a lot of hurt. My mom been through a lot of stuff and a lot of things that she didn't heal from her childhood. Right. So, you we know, finding that, this out, right? Yeah. It, it's a lot now of stuff we, she we, didn't uh, We wounded children. Yeah, but now that she's older yeah. and now that I'm older and I'm grown and stuff like that, my mom has been with me in a lot of different settings in my life. Um, no matter what group home I was in, if I was in Youngstown, she would drive to Youngstown to come see me. Drive to Cleveland, back and forth to Cleveland twice a month to come see me. What was the backlash like, though? Like, for her, like, always, like, were they, were they treating her bad? Like, like here you are, up here coming to see your daughter, no. but she here because of you. No, and, you no. Know, they probably, they uh -uh, probably was happy mom, that she did. My yeah, mom yeah, was in yeah, communication yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, Why yeah, she yeah. on all this medicine? Why I got her all this medicine? So they didn't treat her no kind of way? No. That's good. No, and my, if they did, my mama had enough uh, confidence in herself that she going to speak her peace. Like, this is still my child. Y'all not going to do whatever y'all want to do to her. Why she is right. all white. When I was on medicine, I couldn't even speak. She wanted to know, why is my daughter on all this medicine? She is not that crazy. Why y'all got her sedated? She can't even talk. I want to know the medicine. What's going on? My mom want to know what's going on. She going to want to know what's going on every step of the way. So the doctors, she she that type of person. Like, when my sister got hospitalized, my sister had wound up having a, a chemical imbalance. She had wound up okay. getting hospitalized a couple years ago. Mama was with her every step of the way. My mom, my sister, she had went on some type of trip where she went real manic and went from Arizona to New York to different places. And wow. we was like, wow, what's happening? My mom found her every step of the way. My mom is I not, bet. she would take a plane out to New York. She said, I want you to go to New York so we look for your sister. This is something that my mom takes serious. So, um, you know, she's been she through a lot. Felt. Yeah. See, she yeah. She was a victim. So she yeah. knows, you know, that as it's well heavy and parent. it's hard and it's not easy. And yet when you're trying to make a transition into a different person, it's not as simple as saying, oh, I'm just going to change. No, you, it takes so much work to change. Mm -hmm. And knowing that she had to deal with it herself and seeing you all, she can't let go. A mother's love is something serious. If you really love your child, baby, it's not simple for you to just say, okay, I'm done. And, and that's why Ane is so, um, that's why I go by Claire Ane because Ane is very, um, I always mm -hmm. said if I had a daughter, I would continue the Ane legacy mm -hmm. because Ane is I-N-A-Y. I'll never abandon you. And she has not abandoned me every step of the way. So she's seen me in different seasons. I had used to hold a lot of resentment towards my mom. Um, just because. I just felt like, why did you leave me in Cleveland, Ohio? You went to Columbus to live your life. I didn't want to, you know. But I, I'm grateful she did go to Columbus because now I have a home in Columbus. You know. Mm -hmm. Columbus is my home now, too. All so right. when I got out of the system, um, you know, it was just a lot of stuff I had to learn. So, yeah. Your relationship is good now? Our relationship is good. I think now I'm so, I talk to my mom, but I'm so ambitious. And so, uh, I'm just, I'm a hard worker. Like, like I'm really a, one of those type of people where my mom know 
My mom always told me she's so proud of me. She said, everything that I wanted to do, you picked up the baton and you did it. She said, if you never want to do anything for the rest of your life, I'm still going to be proud of you. Because she know that I am on a mission. She know I am serious. And she said, everything that you're doing, you're confident and you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I was never that confident when I was your age. When I was 30, I was never mm -hmm. doing the stuff that you wanted to do, you know? And the fact that I told myself, excuse me, I was going to be a wife before I be a mother. That's something I'm still trying to hold on to. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but who knows? But I'm, I'm, I'm preparing be hopeful. myself. I am being hopeful. We all been there, right, Shanta? Clink, clink. And Divine. <laughs> <laughs> clink, clink. Yeah. That's why I got no holler. That's why I'm trying to say focus on why I don't, I don't get distracted. Be hopeful. Yeah. And, and stay focused and not even be Absolutely. in a situation. Because like I said, this journey is lonely. This journey is lonely. At the you know top, what? baby, it's, it's always lonely, lonely. Period. No matter what. You on the island you got people around, you still lonely. Because what's for you is for you, and you still have to grow individually. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to be kind of lonely. Yeah. I had to learn that because for a minute I felt like I was alone. I didn't have nobody. And, of mm -hmm. course, everybody be like, I'm here. Well, yeah, yeah okay, I get it. <laughs> but, like, the, being an outcast and trying to, you know, overcome situations and just be strong enough and follow after what God is telling you. Because you know some things that you do. Ain't what you should be doing, but you don't know how to get away from it because you were You're comfortable. That that's what you know. Yeah, and you learn how to stay in your comfortability. And that's why I'm so about the underdog. I'm so about the under. Uh, the, uh, I, I advocate for underdogs, black sheep of the family, people who feel like you know they have a voice, they have a purpose, they have things that they want to do, but yeah. maybe they feel like you know their their voice is not you know heard, or maybe they feel that like misunderstood. It's a lot of people who have a lot of stories who can really speak about different things, but they don't they don't feel like they're going to be accepted. So I speak for people who can't speak for themselves. I advocate for people who aren't able to advocate for themselves, people who are molested, people who are touched, people who want somebody to speak out for them. I want to speak out for victims because I understand how it feels to be a victim. But you don't know how to be a victim. You can also be victorious That's in everything right. that you do. That's right. You know what I like, too? You in a, Thank you for introducing us to the women that you brought oh, to the wow. table yesterday. That was amazing. amazing. Yeah, just to listen to their stories. I can't wait to have them on the show. But the one lady said something that just resonated with me. Like, in this whole journey, we cannot leave our seniors behind. Mm -mm. That's true. And she meant that. And I felt it because I'm somebody who like older people. Mm -hmm. Like, I get along with senior citizens. I like that's senior my, citizens. I sit up with my grandma for hours. Aid. Home health aid. They need more better people. I know that yes. in the home health aid in, uh, industry, I know people are, like, overworked and probably underpaid long hours and stuff like that. But me working from even in the home health aid industry, you know, you got to think if you was your grandmother or your people, how that's do you right. want somebody to do your people? Hmm. You can't do anybody any type of way. And I, like I said, I grew up with staff who was not no dirty staff. They did everything they were supposed to do. So, no, I'm not. And it's a lot of dirty people in a lot of dirty industries. I already know. So, you can't do nothing crazy about me. And yeah, I'm going to report you. If, if your own grandmother can pinch you, like, like, <laughs> why you in, in a religious service and get away with it? It's some dirty people out here, okay? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. and I'm telling, that. I'm telling. <laughs> I'm telling. And a lot I got of, that And pinch. a lot of jobs, see, a lot of jobs, they knew I stood for integrity. So, in a lot of jobs, I wasn't really like, because they're like, oh, that's the snitch, or that's the, yeah. Because if you're doing something that you ain't supposed to do to these kids, yeah, I'm going to HR, yeah, I'm telling it's you. And these older yeah, people. And these older people. That's yes, right. I'm speaking mm -hmm. out. And that's a that's an uncomfortable position to it be is. in. Mm -hmm. Because that means everybody around you don't like you. Yeah. They don't want to do nothing. And people acting yep. funny at the job. Oh, you didn't lost stop. everybody. So out of me, but I don't care. So I, I, I got mm -hmm. to the point now, I really don't care. I'm to the point, I want to stand, even if I got to stand by myself. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Everything. everything. Yeah. People will be able to do anything to you because you ain't got your own mind. That's right. And you're looking for somebody to give you the way out. So if you got an influence, you're an influ influential person, you got to think to yourself, okay, you're influenced mm -hmm. when you walk out the house. 
what you do with your influence is that a Thank reflection you. of you. Everybody's yep. the influence. Mm -hmm. So what you gonna do when you step out to the world? How people gonna view you? How people gonna see you? Are you a person who's trusted, who gonna stand for the truth? Or are you a person who gonna try to fit in like everybody else and be a coward? Mm -hmm. I don't wanna be a coward. And be oh, complicit. So many people complicit with this hot mess that's going on out here. You feel me? Mm -hmm. and, and and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. But if you don't say anything, if you're not speaking up, you're just as complicit. So you messing up, messing up, messing over the elderly, the the sick, the suffering, the homeless. You watching uh, the handicapped. Them you're type TikToking of people. it instead of taking taking these matters into the you know proper channels. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, people sure. don't like that. A lot of I dealt with a lot of women, even working in the homeless shelter, the women homeless shelter. They was like, "How did I get to this point? I would never thought I'd be homeless." And I was just like, "This is a stepping stone. You safe, you warm, ain't nobody here to harm you. You ain't got to pay no bills. You better use your resources and." You, you got a job and you got a car, all the thing you're missing is a place. It's okay. Run, run your money up. Pay off all the thing you got to pay off. Don't look at it as you fell or this is rock bottom. This is a stepping stone. People can't see the forest for the trees, though. I've been through That's the what it is. so I already know how it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a hard struggle, but we got to get our mental health under control for the future and, and for our seniors because, like you said, to be at an age where you lost everybody mm -hmm. because you ran them away and you may be resistant um, to any type of drugs that you may need for your chemical imbalance. Like, let's just keep it real. Like, if the chemicals aren't matching up, something is, is wrong up there. And, you know, they suffering. So we do want to bring awareness to that as well. And um, bad bitches have... Problems too. They have do. Real wait. What's real it called? Real problems too. <laughs> I can't do. believe it. What's the Megan Thee Stallion uh, website? Have bad days too. Bad bitches have bad days too. I'm sure some senior resources on there too because I saw some everything. So yeah, that's a good topic. No, keep I pushing that. that. Yeah. Bad bitches have days too. So bad you days or bad days too. But you know what? Don't idolize nobody about what they look, their titles, they they title, their status. Like I just saw a podcast. A police officer he wound up uh, committing suicide a couple weeks ago because right. he said he was tired and he depressed. So this hasn't looked. Suicide doesn't have a look for it. Look to it. Mental health doesn't have a look. There's a lot of people suffering in silence and dealing with a lot of stuff that's untreated. Yeah. I just give y'all credit for waking up every day. Anybody that's suffering from depression, it's got to be hard to get out of bed. We just deal, some people just deal with getting up on the wrong side. I can't imagine doing that for months on end. So, you know, we, we want to be compassionate and, and really dig into these issues and try to get some resolution if we can and, and see if anything we, we talk about can resonate with you. Because that's all. If we If we can reach one person, that's cool. We good with that. If one person said, damn, Clara, I went through the same thing. I'm inspired because you keep going. Yeah. That, that means a lot to us. And That's then, all we care about. You know what? About. November 14th, I'll be starting my peer support training. And then I'll be going for chemical dependency. But I, I do encourage anybody, if you are in Columbus, Ohio, and if you need some resources, please reach out to North Central uh, Mental Health or Southeast or call 211 or use some of your resources. If you go to the library, they have a lot of different type of resources that you can go and look. If you need some help or you need some type of uh, mentoring or anything, I will encourage you to re even reach out to a friend or somebody who you know, just, you know, could help you or get some resources. Check in That's before right. you check out. Check in before you right. check out. Mm. And you can hit us on the email too. It's on the hour at myyahoo.com. That's our email for the show. On the hour at myyahoo.com. What you gotta add, honey? That's it. That's it? What's mm -hmm. the new herb of the week? The new herb of the week? Yeah. What are we taking for our parasites this week? Mm, no new herb. 
No new herb? Mm. No new herb. Well, lavender is good for anxiety. <laughs> it's good for depression. Okay. So soon I'll be doing like tea shots where I will have like, you could just put the lavender or the butterfly tea over some water and some fresh aloe and some mint leaves and some lemon or, you know, put it in some hot water. It will just be tea. So I know that a lot of people, like you said, they with anxiety. I have anxiety a lot, depression or anything like that. This is some tea that will relax you. So I'm creating a relaxation tea as well. So it could be just tea on the go. Okay. Didn't you do I that? Like that. Mm-hmm. But didn't you do the oils, essential, yeah, I oils. essential oils? I do a lot right. of different things. So like you know some oils. stuff. Why are you being quiet? Oh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she feeling that shot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because normally Ed if I be ready to leave it. She was preaching to me. And I, I, not say it. Um, Where that go? Um, Keep that same energy, yeah, boo. See, next time we're not drinking on the yeah, show. Next yeah, yeah. She I'm can't hang. Bring, next time I'm gonna bring a lavender. Just top. me and you yeah, gonna drink. Just, just me and you a drink. Listen, it's early in the morning, so next time I wanna have to make sure you guys have a a nice uh just a shot of a, a shot of relaxation tea, something like that. Because I don't always want to promote. Bring what you brought tea. me. I'm good. Listen, <laughs> I'm good. I want to make sure that you think that we that we are having good conversations. And we are feeding our Yeah, we don't need alcohol. We just so, saying. Yes. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you know? That's right. If you can handle it. Oh, yes. So, and Divine, your wine. Yes, I have my wine. Our official um, sponsor of On The Hour woo-hoo! is And Divine Wine. Yes. All right. Yes. Give it up. We have the four, yeah. four flavors for you. Like I said, it's pineapple, raspberry, something very different. Um, Kiwi, watermelon. We have grape, um, cherry grape, I'm sorry. And then we have mango, strawberry. Just a splash of strawberry in your mango wine. Really delicious. 14 to 18% alcohol. Can't find it nowhere but through me right now. Trying to get into stores. It's fresh, but it's... It's, it's, it's nice. Not, I actually not. had some last it's night. Not. Me and my homegirl. I could smell the alcohol. I just did. Me, really? Me and my homegirl. I, uh, I need three bottles. I said, we got to try this wine. So, me and my homegirl, who was at my house last night, and I said, I really it's like delicious. it. It's delicious. I really it is like it. Freaking delicious. And I was mixing drinks. I said, oh, let me try to mix something this with this and that. You know, yeah. do a little something. But I liked it either way. It was, yeah. it was delicious. Yeah. So you had right? a kiwi watermelon, yeah. right? And yeah. it is a mixer, too. I realized that. Yeah. You can mix you can it, spritz it. Yeah. It's a good one. The way you just did that, baby. I know I'm feeling it, but honey, that's a that's a that's a drink that that needs to be taste out there. We need to have a happy hour. That's what we need tasting parties and stuff because I want everyone to like just be able to test stuff and like that. So we need to have like a girls' night. We'll do it. Well, that's coming up next time. Next time, and then we're gonna do the podcast there, so that way we can have some really really interesting things going. Absolutely. So we want to thank you guys for listening to On the Hour with AJ Kelly. Yes, and, uh, and we had a great time. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs>